Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger. And boy, do I have an awesome episode for y'all today. So today is my friend, new friend, Dana Derricks. He's a goat farmer from Wisconsin. Well, that's not all he is, but um, that's one of his passions. And uh, he, I've learned a ton from this guy just over the last few months. And he is the author of a book called Dream 100 and many, many other books he has uh, been, a, he's a serial entrepreneur, just like all of us. So he's done a lot of, lot of things. He was the, the, one of the top paid ever Amazon copywriters to ever, uh, ever exist. And uh, so those of you that are Amazon sellers, you'll, you'll find that interesting. But Dana has championed a strategy called the Dream 100 that Russell Brunson, the CEO and founder of ClickFunnels, calls the foundation of his whole business. And in Russell's book, Traffic Secrets, he credits Dana and talks about the Dream 100 a lot. And so you guys are going to learn a ton of value. You're going to get a, lot, a ton of value from this episode with Dana because it's something that you probably have already done before, but not thought of it in this way. But if you're building a business, this is a key strategy and it should be the foundation of your marketing strategy. And in fact, there's really not any area of life where the Dream 100 doesn't work. And it's just being relational with people, serving people. And we talk about it on this podcast, serve, and then it'll, it, guys, it's going to come back to you. But you serve with an attitude of, I'm helping this person. And hopefully this turns into something, a way to work with them. Uh, they're promoting my products, but you're, you're coming at it that I'm going to serve them anyway. And like Luke 638 says, given it shall be given back to you, good measure, Press down, shaking together and running over. But you're going to love this episode with Dana Derricks. It's an awesome one. You'll learn a ton. I certainly did. Here it is. Dana, welcome to Streams of Income. How are you, man? Hey, I'm doing awesome, man. How are you doing? Thanks for having wonderful. me. Wonderful. Thanks so much for doing this. This is a first, a first time thing here. The first time we've ever had a goat farmer on my podcast. <laughs> I'm honored. I'm shocked, number one, but I'm honored, number two. Be the first. <laughs> Everybody's like, why in the world is he having a goat farmer? Well, Dana's a whole lot more than a goat farmer. That's just one of your passions uh, and the things you love to do. And so, uh, but we want to hear your story. I, I obviously had an awesome time with you just a few weeks ago, me and my buddy, Stephen Hibbert. So um, guys, I had a chance to be with him in person. I, I can tell you that story. I'll probably do that in the intro, but just how we got a chance to hang out with Dana for two full days, pick his brain, learn from him on how he is, uh, built his business using this strategy called the dream 100. And we'll get into that. And he's got an awesome book about it. So you guys need to get that. But Dana, tell us your story, how you got started in business. I know you're a serial entrepreneur like I am. Uh, I saw in your uh, one thing that you were selling uh, your friend's art things for 50 cents <laughs> at school. And yeah, I want to hear all about it. Awesome. Um, so you guys know, before I get into it, uh, I got to give props to Ryan because. Um, when Ryan left out a detail. So Ryan uh, came up here and, and did some consulting with me. And um, typically that's a really uh, great experience. You get to come up to Wisconsin and, you know, enjoy the farmlands and all the scenery and all the awesomeness that it um, has to offer. Ryan unfortunately came in um, a not so nice time of year. Right. So he came in December and uh, up here and Ryan's in Texas, if you didn't know, 
um, which is uh, not too terribly cold, right? In the winter, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so Ryan rolled the dice and uh, he got unlucky. We got a really cold because December can be sometimes nice, sometimes really not nice. And right. Ryan got the short end of the stick and I got to experience the whole Wisconsin cold thing, right? We did. Yeah. So we stayed inside, did a lot of masterminding and had a lot of fun and it was great to, uh, great to have you. So um, I'm really good. happy to hear, be here and excited, uh, I guess, to, to kind of set the, the, the stage. Those of you that are watching and listening, like we're probably very similar. Um, that's why you're here. Ryan and I have a ton in common. Um, and one of that, those is probably we can think back to our childhood, um, to lots of moments where we didn't fit in or more than that. Even we just knew that we were kind of not supposed to be doing what we were forced into. Mm-hmm. And one of those things for me, I, I grew up on a dairy farm. Um, and it's kind of what the, where the goats circled back into my life. Mm-hmm. So I was probably 10 years old and um, I was tasked with, uh, in, you know, the, the nice humid summer in Wisconsin, I was tasked with, uh, baling hay and I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I, I was always volunteering to drive the tractor. I would always, like me, I want to drive, I want to drive. <laughs> um, so one of the worst parts of baling hay, um, for anybody that doesn't know is, uh, and, and we had a small dairy farm, so we did little tiny square bells and they're not tiny, but they're, mm-hmm. um, they're not the big ones you see that on the semis. They're okay. the little ones that you have to handle by hand. Yep. And the worst part of the whole thing is um, stacking them in the haymow. So nobody wants to do that. Usually if they're getting paid, they're getting paid five bucks more an hour to do that job. So one time, I don't know how or why, but I got the short end of it and got tasked with stacking the hay in the haymow. Mm-hmm. Um, you come out of there, there's no air. There's like, it's ah. just dust. And uh, I remember blowing my nose. And there yes. was just hay, hay coming out for like a day or two, right? Have you ever had that experience? I've done that. I've only done it a couple of times. I helped a friend that worked for somebody that they had a farm and he needed our extra help. And it was, it was awful. <laughs> Not fun, right? So as I'm blowing my nose the next morning and there's still hay coming out, I'm thinking, huh. That's probably not good because it's it's near my brain, if not in my brain, right? So I'm, like, huh. so I'm just thinking to myself, there's got to be a better way to make right. ten bucks an hour than this. So then I, you know, started chatting with my uncle and got to understand what eBay was at the mm-hmm. time and started selling stuff on eBay here and there, and um, that kind of grew into a, another thing. And then it came became Craigslist, and then I was selling cars on Craigslist and doing all this wow. crazy stuff at 15, and um, ended up having. <laughs> Uh, a business I ran out of my dorm room in college. I got that got shut down because the uh, um, university said you can't be running a commercial business out of a dorm room. And oh I said, gosh. "Wow, that's that's the entrepreneurial spirit." <laughs> that's right. um, so get back to your uh, books, son. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, just basically from then on out, then got into kind of the internet marketing space, did a bunch of stuff on Upwork as kind of my freelance mm-hmm. journey began, and fast forward now, you know, twelve. 13 years doing this full time, um, made yeah. a ton of money, done a lot of cool stuff, have a big e-com background, which I'm excited to kind of share with you guys as well. Um, but yeah. that's kind of the story. Yeah. So when, when you were doing the Upwork, was that the copywriting stuff? Was that? It didn't start as that. Okay. So I started on Fiverr uh-huh. doing logos for okay. five bucks and yeah. they were horrible. <laughs> like, like no joke. I cannot believe people pop he bought even for five bucks they were so bad so it started there and then i realized oh wow i could write like i could write a script for five bucks and mm-hmm. it's actually way better than the logo and yeah. then i started getting good at it and then i'm like okay i should go to upwork where the people will pay me like 10 bucks an hour um yeah. to write stuff so then that blossomed into becoming one of the highest paid um copywriters on all of upwork 
And then I realized Upwork's taking way too much money (laughs) in this deal. And then I started getting my own clients and kind of doing the dream 100 thing to get more clients. And that was that. that. Yeah. Wow. One thing I want to ask you about is how you found out that you were good at copywriting. How'd you, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's not. Let's see if we can get to that because that would be fascinating to hear how you that because we all have a journey. We start somewhere, we're doing something, and then we just morph into different things because your business now doesn't look anything like it did 10 years ago. No, same with mine, <laughs> right? So, so yeah. what is that journey? How you may, I don't know if we get to that, it'd be cool. But all right, let's talk. I love let's get into the dream 100 and especially your scholarship story because you were doing dream 100 before we even, even heard about what it was. Yeah, I, I was doing it before I knew what that there was a name for it. Right. And we so, all kind of all innately do it, don't we? There's, I mean, times absolutely. in life when we're trying to get somewhere, trying to get a job, we're implementing a lot of these strategies that you talk about. So if you had to explain what the Dream 100 is in a short amount of time, what's that? And then, then we'll get into more details and how you used it for the scholarship, which is so fun. Yeah. So I bet a lot of you on this call, or excuse me, on this um, episode are going to be like, oh my gosh. I do that. I've done that. And I didn't know that that's what it's called. And then you're going to end up being like, wow, I'm going to do more of that. And you become intentional about it. And it's going to be like a big snowball. Um, So the dream of heart, essentially the most simple way to put it is it's an intentional value exchange with others that helps you and them level up. That's pretty much what it is. So it's in all aspects of business. It's in all aspects of life in the business corporate world. I found this out a couple of years ago. um, They have an actual, a different term for it. They call it business development. It's kind of a loose way of saying Dream 100. I think it's a little bit less um, value-based, but Dream 100 is just a value exchange with people that you're going to help each other level up. Yep. And if you guys have heard of Russell Brunson, he, the CEO of ClickFunnels, he uh, gives credit to the Dream 100 as the foundation of his whole business. So that right there should want, make you want to listen to more about what he calls the foundation of his business, which is amazing. So how did you use it for your college scholarship? This is blew, blew my mind. I was sitting on a plane coming to see you and I was reading this story. I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Well, uh, so I've always, I've always kind of been dreaming hurting. I just didn't know I was doing it. So I just kind of fell back on what I know. So uh, to solve the problems that I was facing. So long story short, back in high school, growing up in a small town in Wisconsin, I was big into football. We had a pretty good team. Um, when I say small, uh, our town was 600, not the school, yeah. the whole town was 600. <laughs> I graduated with 30. And I know, Ryan, how many did you graduate? I think you went to, I went to a small Christian school. He had seven in our graduating class. But if I went to the public school, it was a lot bigger. It was way, way the town was about 40,000. Okay. So normal. Um, yeah. By the way, I think that's the smallest I've ever personally heard of. I yes. almost never get beat. I think one person in North Dakota once, but seven. But is you were but the difference though is we went to a small Christian school and you were at a public school. So yeah, but, I was uh, in the only public school in the town. Yeah, for sure. Yep, yeah. biggest amazing only school. But uh, yeah, so anyway, long story short, I didn't want to stop playing football after high school. I wanted to play college football, um, <clears throat> and that just didn't happen. People, you know, scouts weren't coming to my town to recruit. They just weren't. So I knew, and then not only that, but my coaches, they didn't play college football. So how would they get me recruited if they never did it? Right. So I was basically on my own and then people just kind of laughed at me. It was, it it was actually really bad because um, not only did I not have any help to get, um, to get, achieve this goal. I also had a lot of negativity and you can't do it. And here's why you shouldn't try from everyone wow. else around me. So I decided, okay, whatever. I'm going to try it on my own. 
Um, so I basically created, I started with building the list. So I had ended up having a dream 40. I printed off uh-huh. 40 different schools um, that were kind of within uh, the distance I wanted to travel for college and that really? had football programs that provided athletic scholarships, et cetera, um, yeah. and had business, whatever degree I wanted. So I printed that list off and then I created a, a, a package for each school and uh, addressed it to the head coach. So I put like my highlight film in there, um, a letter rec- of recommendation from one of my coaches, mm-hmm. um, a handwritten letter to that coach explaining why I wanted to play for their program um, and some, some other stuff. And I ended up mailing all 40 of those out. And for about three weeks, absolutely nothing happened. And I thought, wow, that was a waste of time. All those people that were saying, don't do it. were right. That was, <laughs> oh, that hurt. Um, and then all of a sudden I'm sitting in Spanish class and I get um, announced over the loudspeaker, Dana Derrickson in the office, please. And that's like, never oh, good. Oh crap. what I do? <laughs> never good. Right. <laughs> so I go down there and I'm like, oh gosh. And I look and there's a, a coach standing in the office that had a different color, um, yeah. like, like uh, jacket on. I'm like, wow, that's weird. And they walk in and they're like, you Dana? I'm like, yeah. He's like, Hey, I'm here to see you. And I'm like, who are you? He's like, I'm coach so-and-so from this school. I'm like, Whoa, you drove all the way from that school to <laughs> talk to me. And they're like, yeah. And then, um, long story wow. short, um, the days went on and I, you know, get, keep getting called to the office. Sometimes there'd be two different coaches from two different schools in there at the <laughs> same time. And eventually my principal got kind of fed up and said, Dana, this is really disruptive. When is this going to stop? I'm like, I don't know. I can't <laughs> shut it off. I'm sorry. Um, and the result of that campaign, my one of my dream hunter campaigns that I didn't know I was doing, um, ended up getting me a scholar, uh, uh, an athletic scholarship to college worth $36,500. And I'm to this day still the only athlete of all sports, both genders, of any uh, in the history of my school to have an athletic scholarship to college. And wow. it's 100%. I was never, I was absolutely not the best athlete to go through my school, but it had a hundred percent to do with the fact that I was dreaming hunting and no one else. did. Yes. Oh my goodness. There's a company. I don't know if I've ever even told anybody about this because I, I forgot about it. Cause it was just, just I, one of those quote failures in my business life before <laughs> even getting into Amazon was there was a company that, um, and they're probably still out there that, you know, I don't even know if this company still is, but there's other companies like it. I'm sure where if you're a high school athlete and you're wanting to get into college and you don't have the, a big name, then they will come alongside you and create the highlight video, send out the letters. They have the relationships. And so I actually worked for that. I was like an independent person for them for a few months. And I think I signed up two kids and I would go to, the, I had to go to the games and get to know these kids. I grabbed all the newspapers from the local, my local area, started following them, reached out to them. So I guarantee that there's somebody listening here that's interested in sports that could probably do a business like this using that exact strategy and create a whole company out of getting kids into college using the strategy that you employed. hundred percent. And you did it. It's funny. You did the other way around. I, I wish that someone like Ryan would have been around when I, I needed somebody. So that's, that's awesome. Well, it worked out and for you though. I mean, you got a, a scholarship. <laughs> it did. Yes. Yep. That is awesome. Yeah, that's it's one of those things that we we kind of always, you know, I, I did kind of the Dream 100 strategy when I, you know, courting my wife. And um, anytime you're looking for a job, people, you kind of do the similar stuff, but it, it's being intentional about it in your business. And so, how did you in the world did you go from now you got the scholarship to now you're in front of Russell Brunson of ClickFunnels and this this becomes your whole business? Very good question. So. Um, the better you get at dream and hurting, um, the, 
kind of more eggs you can put in the basket mm-hmm. and, and the more you can expect to get something out of it. Yeah. Um, and with that though, I will say the number one rule that I say with respect to dreaming harding is make sure that you have no expectations. Okay. And more ex- importantly is no conditions. So the people that do it wrong, they put conditions on it. Right. And, and I see it, it just makes the whole thing not work. Here's why. Number one, and, and let me give you an example. I have myself and, and friends of mine all the time. We receive a lot of stuff in the mail. We receive a lot of dream hundred efforts, which is great. We appreciate it very much. However, some people do it the wrong way and they put a condition on it. So for example, some people will send, like I got a buddy named Steve Larson. He received a package from someone and it was great. Thank you. But then they immediately expected him to just promote them to his entire audience. Mm. And then they were mad when he didn't. Mm. It's like, that is, first of all, it's really bad expectation to set for yourself because now you're going to set yourself up for failure. You're going to get burnt out and think this stuff doesn't work and everyone's terrible. Um, But then secondarily, it cheapens the whole thing. It's kind of like a girl going, a guy taking a girl out on a date Mm -hmm. and having an expectation at the end of the night, what's going to happen. It just cheapens the whole thing. Right. And they can feel that. So um, that's kind of what not to do, but um, getting back into it. Uh, when you can identify really high level strategic dream hunter targets, let's say for, you know, getting into an e-com kind of example, um, let's say you're in arbitrage and you um, find a killer product that you know you can go and sell on Amazon or sell mm-hmm. online and that company is not interested in doing it, but would love to have you do it. You need to win them over, right? Yes. So you can go pretty deep on that. Because if you think of it this way, everybody thinks about kind of customer acquisition cost, right? That's a big Mm -hmm. buzzword in business. So we know, hey, I can spend five bucks to acquire a customer that's worth 10 bucks. I'm winning. But if you think about it this way with like that dream on her target that has a product line that manufactures a product that you can sell, right? What's that worth to you? What is that dream on her target? Mm. Like acquiring them, what is that worth? thousands right yes. so that's where it's like that makes sense to actually put all that time effort energy and even sometimes money into building that relationship because if you can win over let's say you try it with three different ones yeah you spend a thousand on each three which i know sounds like a lot but you land one of the three yes all of a sudden you just unlocked let's say a fifty thousand dollar a year um in your pocket uh stream of income that's right true. so that three thousand dollars you spent turned out pretty darn good so yes not to get too, I guess, down. No, the that's awesome. That's perfect for my audience. That's even a better strategy than maybe the private label one because we get an exclusive because there's a lot of people that want to have, they go to trade shows and they're trying to get that company to allow them to sell their products on Amazon. And a lot of times, you know, Amazon's been around for a long time now. And so a wholesale company, some of them are just tired of Amazon for a lot of different reasons. Um, and so they'll immediately, the answer is no, or we've already got too many Amazon sellers. And so the next play is, well, can I be your exclusive or can I bundle your product in a way? But you've got to have that relationship. So maybe that's the example we talk about here in a little bit about how to dream 100 potential suppliers that you want to become the exclusive for. That's a good Definitely. one. So um, real quick, before we get into Russell Brunson, like, okay, so you did the scholarship. What, what point in your mind was like, it, did it become intentional? Like, you, obviously you did it intentional for the scholarship, but it wasn't like, oh, I'm dream 100 in these these college football programs. Um, what was that first one where you like, I'm doing this thing. It's intentional. I'm trying to get business or, or, you know, where it was more yeah. like in your mind purposeful. Where was the epiphany moment, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it was so clear and obvious. Um, I, you know, if you ever had like one of those moments in your life or, or business where you had to like actually stop and be like, oh my gosh, like that is something that, I, that makes everything else make sense. Yeah. Pretty rare. Right. Yeah. But you've had them. Sure. Um, that was uh, easily for me when I read a book called the ultimate sales machine by a guy named Chet Holmes. Uh-huh. Um, I got into the chapter. He's got a chapter on the dream 100 in there and I read it and I literally stopped and I said, this is what I've done my whole life. Yeah. And I didn't know there was a word for it. So read that chapter <laughs> 10 times at least. Yeah. And uh, what uh, from that point on, what I did was I scoured the internet for more training on the dream 100 there was essentially nothing, which wow. was crazy to me. Um, Russell Brunson had a chapter. Uh, he called it the lost chapter in one of his books that went over the Dream 100. Um, and now since he's come up with other trainings on it, but there was almost nothing yeah. when I discovered this years ago. And so I kind of went on this self, uh, I don't know, self, uh, what's the word, um, challenge of okay. <laughs> creating all of it. Because I'm like... Yeah. This is something everyone should be doing. Yeah. And we have people like Chet and Russell and others saying, you need to do this. This is the foundation of my company. But it's like, okay, but how? Like, how should we do it? Mm. So I went on that. That just sparked this journey of like, I need to, first of all, get intentional about like surrounding myself with people I know that will level me up. Right. And that's a matter. I mean, a lot of you probably are past that. But if you're not, that means getting rid of people. <laughs> that's you, you can't shove. You, you can only fit so many in your bucket. Okay. Mm-hmm. That means you got to start taking right. some out and that sucks and it whatever, but you have to do it. So that's kind of the foundation of it. But then it's like thinking about, okay, where am I trying to go? Who's already been there or who can help me get there? And then what can I do for them? Mm-hmm. Right. That that's kind of the, at, at that moment, it all just kind of made sense. And then that, I started designing my life and my business uh-huh. that way. And kind of the rest is history. Wow. Wow. And so when Chet talks about, he's, um he's the one-to-one strategy, right? Cause he was going after those one client, the, the end client that he was trying to get. Is that right? That's right. So Chet is going after essentially, just like we were describing before, if you're the arbitrage people, you know, you want that supplier yeah. to let you sell their stuff on Amazon. Yeah. That's the one-to-one that's worth spending a thousand dollars worth of time, energy, money, effort, yeah. et cetera, on, because it's such a big payday. Yep. Right. Yeah. And then the one-to-many strategy would, it would be like, you know, if I have a book, I'm trying to started write a book about how to sell on Amazon. I'd find people in the space who already have the audience that I feel like my book is a fit for, go to them, serve them, buy their products, get known by them. And then at some point, Hey, you know, um, I have a book. Would you like to, I feel like it'd be an awesome fit for your, your audience. And then you partner up. And I mean, that's how I essentially, I was doing this before I even knew what I was too. And I got started, you know, working with you know, a guy named Jim Cockrum and I won his auction that he had on eBay and, um, you know, kind of the rest is history because of just building that, nurturing that relationship. So definitely. And Ryan's very good at human hunting, by the way. So, um, if I don't, you don't have to divulge on numbers, but would you say that the amount of time, effort, money you spent with Jim when you began dreaming hurting versus now years later, yes. was there an ROI there? Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I only spent uh, that auction. Did I tell you that story? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but okay. I'd love to hear it again. I, don't, um, I mean, uh, I mean, everybody in the audience, like I've heard this a million times because I mentioned it so much because it is it is where it got started. But Jim had an auction for his book, 101 Free Marketing, and he put it on eBay as a fundraiser for a charity that he cares about. And so I woke up that morning knowing that we needed to win that. I believe it was the Holy Spirit just giving me an unction to like, go talk to your wife and say, hey, we need to win this auction. So I did. I, I told her what we needed to bid. It was $1,500, which was a whole lot of money at that time. It still is a decent amount of money, but all then it was a lot of money. And she said, okay, if that's what you think we should do, let's do it. So we bid and we won. And instead of a 30-minute conversation with him over the phone, I said, Jim, my parents live two hours or an hour away from you. Can we just come up there and spend time with you at lunch and buy your lunch? He agreed and spent two hours with us and he bought lunch and just told us about Amazon FBA fulfillment by Amazon because we were selling furniture at the time. And it was big stuff. So he changed our lives and with the information he gave us during that lunch. But even more importantly, was just that relationship that started that day that has been worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. So it was Absolutely. Yeah, definitely, I mean, definitely, and, no, definitely an ROI there. And do you see that there's a common denominator? Because I got a similar story that I may share um, with Russell Brunson and I, but the common denominator is that Ryan took the leap. <laughs> okay. It's so easy. The same with me with the scholarship. It would have been so easy because you probably had voices well-intended too, and probably wise telling you, don't do that. Don't do that. You have bills, <laughs> right? You, got, you know, you got responsibilities. Um, but you can't win if you don't play. And I'll go back to the one to money real quick. So for the yeah. FBA folks on the call, you're going to like this. So um, one to many dream hearing, let's say that you have, I don't know, throw a product at me, Ryan, randomly that some of your students may have. Um, we have a lot of students. You want arbitrage type of item or? Uh, how about an FBA? Um, well, they don't put most of the time. This they're, is a private label. Oh, say. a private label brand. Um, let's do, let's try to think of. Uh, well, the one that I have with a, 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 fr- a friend of mine, um, a uh, toenail fungus gel. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is yeah. a phenomenal niche right there. Um, <laughs> what an icebreaker at, a, at an event. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, it's one of those uh, things that like, like Benji kind of completely runs that thing. So I hardly even, you know, don't even <laughs> think about it anymore. I would but... own that. Why don't you lead with that? Like, right. My name is Ryan. Like, oh, what do you do, Ryan? Oh, yeah. Let me see your feet. <laughs> I'll tell you if you need this. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> but all right, let's. Let I'll play. Um, let's say that you know you, you look at the Dream Hard. Um, you've got the toenail fungus cream. Um, what I would do, one to many approach, is I'd go and find people that have audiences that need that. Okay, so you're gonna. Where's a great place to start? How about YouTube? There's lots of people out there. Just Google or excuse me, just YouTube search toe fungus. <laughs> right? There'll be tons of videos that are showing yeah. everything to do with toe fungus, how to prevent yeah. it, how to cure it how to, uh, why it's happening, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Most of those videos, here's the cool thing. And that means that there's like hundreds of thousands of eyeballs watching those videos right now. Yeah. The cool thing about that is most of those videos are not monetized. Well, uh, they most likely are not promoting a product right. that solves the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so there's a huge opportunity there for you to go and get, let's say that there's 25 different videos that have, existing eyeballs watching them that have mm-hmm. the product, the problem that your product solves, you approach those 25 people and you dream 100 of them, yes. you get one or two of them to put an affiliate link 
at, you know, in their description of their video and bam, instantly you have access to all that traffic without yes. having to make the video, without having to understand YouTube, without having to exactly. be an influencer in front of the camera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's an amazing one to many approaches. And that's just YouTube. There's so many different I know. Um, things. And you detail do, but- that in your, I got when I obviously have as a, as a bonus of coming up to hang out with you, you got access to your dream 100 vault. And so you talk, um, I think there was a example of a grass. Was it a grass example, grass cutting or lawn, lawn example? I don't know. Just trying to, you remember, you were talking about the YouTube strategy. So what would that person who has a private label product, what would they say to this YouTube person? You know, it's, it's going to be kind of a, it's going to be a cold email. They don't know this person at all. So what's that first interaction with them look like? So if you have, okay. So first things first, best thing you can do always is become a customer. Okay. So if you become a customer, it doesn't mean you have to be a big customer and pay a thousand dollars or something. Do they have a t-shirt for sale? If they do go buy a t-shirt. Okay. Here's why there's a number of things. Number one, they legally cannot ignore you because <laughs> you're a customer. Right. Um, number two, uh, the first thing I do when I get an inbound message from someone that I don't know is I look and see if they're in our system. Are you yeah. a customer? Mo- like, for example, someone wants me to be on their podcast and they're not a customer. I almost always don't do it. If somebody, right. when, when I actually, I think I asked you to be on this podcast, <laughs> like I don't do many podcasts. Yeah. So this is the difference. Like Ryan is a, a phenomenal customer of mine. So I of course would say yes to him to be on this podcast. Um, so the point there is, can you afford to buy something from them? Even if it's really cheap, great. Yeah. If you don't have money, you probably have time. So can you go on to all their videos and comment and engage with them and support them and say, this is awesome. I love this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Can you go into their community and do the same thing? Okay. Yes. So it's one or the other or both ideally, Yes. but that's the, the best starting point. But then I would say the next piece is you got to get your product in their hands. Yeah. That It's just so important. Anybody that's legit is going to yeah. want to try your product first before they promote it anyway. Sure. Um, and then I would take the angle in this scenario. I would take the angle of knowing that you can provide more affiliate commission than pretty much anything else. Yes. Okay. So if they want to, there's very common for YouTube um, uh, videos to promote Amazon products mm-hmm. as an affiliate. I don't remember. I guess I'm a little bit detached from that. I think I never, I just almost threw up in my mouth when I found out how, how low the commission like was. three due. or 4%. Okay. So it's still horrible. Yeah. Okay. So if you come to them and say, Hey, instead of three or 4% and you can go and find videos that have Amazon like affiliate links on them and you yeah. already know, go do the math, click on the product. If it's 30 bucks, what's 3% of 30 bucks? Almost nothing. Right. <laughs> okay. Almost not worth doing it. So you can right. come to them and say, look, I'll give you 25% commission All and all you have to do, I'll do everything. I'll handle the fulfillment and everything. All you have to do is switch the link to this, from yes. that to this. That's all you have to do. You'll make 22% more yes. commission. <laughs> like, do you see how it's suddenly, it's not yeah. that difficult in-, in But you in, probably in, wouldn't go right to that. You're, it's, like, it's like dating a girl or asking her out for coffee first. Um, you're, you're getting to know them. You're commenting on their videos, buying the stuff that they have. Just it's so it's a more of a a long game. It may not it's not it doesn't take years. It doesn't it doesn't have to take months either. But it's just getting in front of them. So now that when you do contact them with hey, I have a product I think would be fit for your audience. I want to send it to you. You're not a complete stranger at that moment. 
Exactly. Yep. And so you want to be recognizable. That's why buying something is so important. Mm -hmm. And then also being visible in their community or in the comment section or in engaging with them somehow before you message them. Yeah. That's why that's so critical because then you'll be familiar and received in a, a totally different way. Yeah. Wow. All right. So how did you get in front of Russell? Oh man. Now people want to know that, that story and how that <laughs> happened. And now that's been worth a lot of money to you too. <laughs> oh man. It is crazy. Because this, guys, you got to read this book, uh, read Russell's book, Traffic Secrets. It's all about Dana's strategy. It's all it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's a very good lead magnet for me. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it's not even your book. It probably sells more of my stuff than his stuff. To be oh honest. my gosh. Um, the, so I'll just, for those that don't know, um, you guys can look him up on your own. Russell Brunson, the CEO, founder of ClickFunnels, the fastest growing non-venture capital backed software company in history. They do $100 million. It's insane. Um, and I was fortunate enough to, I'll start with kind of the end first. So I have been fortunate enough to um, be able to speak at his event, Funnel Hiking Live, in front of 5,000 plus uh, people. He came out and spoke at my event, Dream of Hunter Con, um, which was insane considering he had only spoke at three other events that year. His wow. event, Tony Robbins event and Grant Cardone's event um, and Dana Derrick's the goat farmer. Um, I got to hang out at his house with his kids. Um, funny story. I was leaving and I took a step and I ended up fall, like falling three feet. And I was like, what is going on? And it was dark out. And I realized I had fallen into his pool. Oh so my gosh. I am. And I'm not a clumsy person. I'm a college athlete. So that was way not fun for me, but I always think it's funny. And I tell that story because just be real. Okay. These people think they're not much different than us. Okay. Um, (laughs) and so Russell got, he wrote the forward to my book. I got to hang out with him at his office and do a copywriting project with him. I got to do all these cool things that people just dream about doing. And how did that start? Okay. So that started with, I read his book first. I didn't know who he was. And I read dot-com secrets and I instantly resonated with it. I implemented just one or two strategies. I think I just started upselling and boom, uh-huh. overnight, my business doubled by just wow. upselling. That's all I yeah. did. Okay. So that it's, it starts with like consume their stuff and then like implement it. And then yeah. even best case scenario is become a star student, right? Yeah. Cause when you become a star student, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to want to show you and to their audience. Like, look, Absolutely. he did it. You can do it. Right. So that's why they want us to speak on their stages. They want us to be on their podcast. They yes. want us to come out and hang out. So um, started there. And then I uh, started, you know, using ClickFunnels as software, obviously started having success with that. Um, and this is about the time I'm, you know, getting intentional about my dream of hunting. I realized Russell's probably like the one I should go at one of the ones I should go after. Um, so then I, and this is when you were a copywriter, circle. correct? You had an awesome copywriting business. So he, your goal was to get him to um, use you as a copywriter. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yep. Oh, shoot. Sorry. What was that? So was this at the point when your purpose of going after him was because you were still in the copywriting business? Yes. I want to do something bigger. It's getting kind of burnt out. Yeah. So I was doing well from the outside looking in and I had pretty much surpassed all my peers and I needed to level up. So it was yeah. time to dream 100. Um, so that's right around the time I, you know, re- wrote uh, read Chet's book and, and was like, Oh my gosh, I need to do this. And so I joined Russell's inner circle. Um, and at the time it was, it was a $25,000 wire. And uh, so wow. I sent a one-way wire to Boise, Idaho. Um, and <laughs> I had probably not, not getting about $6 left after that. Oh my goodness. Um, and my wife was my girlfriend at the time. And I absolutely did not tell her. 
<laughs> until two years later when I was um, announced to uh, go on stage and accept my two comma club award, which uh-huh. means I made a million dollars on a sales funnel. So um, for me, uh, I, and I'll say this too, and I don't, maybe, maybe it wasn't quite like that for you, but after I sent the 25 K to Russell, about four months went by and I thought I got nothing out of it. And I was just mm-hmm. like sick and sick to my stomach. I thought this, this, what did this guy do? Like, I didn't get anything because yeah. I thought I was going to unlock all these like cool courses and all this stuff. And yeah, then I went out to Boise for a mastermind event um, for the you know inner circle and my life changed right then and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized the value in, in, in the mastermind was the people in yes. it. So uh, in the connections you make. So absolutely. Um, after that, just again, guys, just value exchanging. I start connecting with the others in the group, um, mm-hmm. leveling them up. They help me level up, uh, just providing value to the group, um, totally unsolicited, no conditions. And, uh, you know, then it, it just evolved naturally into Russell wanting to, you know, um, wanting to, uh, do cool stuff, um, and inviting me to do cool stuff because I had provided so much value to his community. Yeah. And you went to, didn't you spend a whole day and rewrote his sales page or something? It's been two days and there's a picture (laughs) of us like little kids on the floor with literally like scissors and paper like lining out the sales letter on the floor of his of a freaking hundred million dollar ceo's office oh my gosh and no one had shoes on it was the best (laughs) (laughs) i love it oh my gosh and then he writes about you in his books and uh that's so cool that your biggest lead magnet that right is is his book i oh yeah (laughs) yeah amazing and the cool thing too is it's like this isn't a like a this isn't a one-off thing that should, it's like not, it's not like winning the lottery. Yeah. Like you can intentionally create this and then go do it again. So yeah. I just recently, as you know, I launched a software company Yep. and I've never, I've used software, but I don't know what, how to develop software and I've never sold software. So I am now a software company CEO. I need to dream 100 and I need help. Right. Uh-huh. So I've joined another mastermind for software company owners. And I'm doing the same things I did in Russell's world. And so I'm providing value, I'm doing all this stuff. And um, guess what? Last week I got an email. One of the favorite things I could possibly have in my business, the owner of the software group, um, guy named Dan Martell, amazing guy. He asked me, Hey, Dana, this, you know, piece of whatever that you shared in the group regarding this was so awesome. Would you mind if I included it and credited you in my next, in, in my new book? You I'm had to writing. think about that for a second, didn't you? Yeah. I was like, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so again, it happened again. I, I won the lottery twice, literally, yeah. but I didn't. I earned the lottery winnings twice. Yes, so this stuff can and should happen over and over, guys, if you just keep doing it, keep investing. Yeah. How, how's the mindset? So obviously, like you you as the person who's going after the Russell Brunson's of the world, you have an end goal in mind, but you're, you're doing it from the position that I'm going to do this, even if it doesn't happen the way I want it to, right? You're, 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 you're servant, servant minded the whole way through this thing. I'm going to serve this person. And I just believe that hey, Luke 638 given shall be given back to you. Good measure, press down, shake me together, running over. But even if it doesn't turn into Russell Brunson putting my name in his book all over the place. There's going to be a win that's created out of this. So it's not, 
guess it's not manipulative. It, it, to some people listening to this might think, well, you're just kind of manipulating the system, trying to get your way into the people. And, you know, you were mentioning the people that kind of do do that and they do it, they're doing it the wrong way because they think, oh, I sent Dana a gift. Why am I not, you know, being mentioned in his, you know, his dream 100 elite group. And why isn't this thing not happen after I gave him a gift card? You know, that's the wrong way to go out about it. The best way is I'm going to serve because, that's just what I'm going to do. It would be awesome if this could happen. And many times it will, sometimes it won't. That's okay. But you're coming at okay. it from a servant. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the best human hearted examples are in the Bible, yeah. <laughs> really. Um, I will never do it as well as they did, but I'm trying. Um, but I'll give you an example of exactly what you're describing. So I, huh, I try to be humble. But by the way, when you're dreaming hurting, especially when the person doesn't really know you, being, I've split tested this, being humble doesn't really work. You have to own your accolades. Yeah. So um, with that, I've won every award you could possibly win in that group. I was mem- I was member of the year, um, like peer voted, like everything you could do, I did in that group. I totally maximized my value by giving a lot of value. Yeah. So there's was another guy Dan's, in Dan's group or Russell's group? Uh, Russell's. I Russell. haven't been in Dan's very long. Okay. Yep. So this is Russell's group. I was in Russell's group for like three, four years. So there's another guy that joined the group who wanted all the things that I wanted, but went about it the other way. Mm. Okay. So they, they, they were in there to get that stuff Yeah. and only to get that stuff. Yeah. So he would do what I would do where if someone asked a question or needed help or something, he would help them and, yeah. and be very helpful. But then at the end of his, his, his help, he would literally say, and by the way, vote for your boy for member of the month and literally say, I'm doing this because I want your vote. Wow. And it just, and, and it literally did that. And what's funny is nobody voted for him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and pretty soon people didn't even want his help because yeah. it almost felt like he then used that and held that over you. Right. Um, and the funny part is the guys like me and my buddy Dave and all these other people that won all of the awards, uh-huh. we never asked for anybody to vote for us, didn't want them. It was awkward to even think of yeah. that. It was just genuine like um, value that yes. we were just giving away. And I think yeah. that's part of it too, is there's so many, your group is probably way better than almost all of them, but there's so many groups out there that you can go into and change the culture, especially in the e-commerce world. Mm-hmm. Where everyone's like so closely, you know, tight, like, oh, I don't want to yes. sh- share this secret because then you're going to steal my stuff. Like, go change the culture of the group mm. and turn it into a group of giving and serving. Yeah. And then not only are you going to get a lot of value from that because you're going to get a lot of stuff that people give and serve you, but also the group leader is going to freaking love your, like, love yes. you forever for it because yeah. it's so much easier for you to do that as the member of the group than it is for the leader of the group. Um, and it's probably the best, most valuable thing you can do for that group. Yeah. Mm, that's so good. Wow. I'll be cognizant of your time. It's a, we've been going for 43 minutes here and I, I love <laughs> it. We can probably go an hour and a half easily. Yeah, we could. <laughs> um, I want to get into what this is, some examples of how somebody can actually use this. What, so let's, let's dissect that for a minute. If I am an Amazon seller, because I am, and uh, most of the people, a lot of people listening to it are. And I'm going to trade shows. I'm looking for suppliers that I want to be their exclusive seller on Amazon of their products. So what would, what would you do? What would, what, what's the strategy look like for dream 100, hundreding a company companies that I want to sell their products on Amazon. Awesome. So 
I want to pull from a couple of different buckets because there's probably people out there that are like, I don't want to go to a trade show or like COVID killed them or whatever. So no different than going out and finding, um, you know, a list of a hundred different websites of these people. Right. Okay. So what is it that you have that's valuable? So for me with Russell, it's copywriting mm-hmm. that they need. And Russell needed copywriting at that moment. So what is it that you do? Is it, are you really good at setting up your Amazon listings in a way that you can get SEO or you can get traffic and then you can convert the traffic. Um, is that what you're really good at? If so, or are you really good at images or what is it that you're really good at? That is the reason for you having the success you have so far. Yeah. Go and try and give that to them somehow lead with that. So ideally if it were me and I was kind of starting trying to do this and let's say I identified 10 people um, that were like my perfect um new supply channel, right? That I found on a, at a trade show, or I just looked at Amazon for the crappiest, worst selling products in a specific niche mm-hmm. that, that too, they're there, um, et cetera, where, however I, I found them, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give them value mm-hmm. based on what my strength is. Mm-hmm. So for example, let's say that you find them and they have a website, they have a, they have a website, they don't, they're not on Amazon, but they have a Shopify store or they have some uh, some rigged up like WordPress, right. um, old school, you know, plugin that sort of operates as a shopping cart, but not really. Right. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to take two products of theirs. And I'm going to redo their listing for them. Yeah. And I'm going to come to them with that redone listing and explain why I did what I did. I'm just going to give yes. it to them. Nice. Okay. They didn't ask for it. They, I didn't get paid for it, but I'm going to give it yeah. to them. Just give them value. They may never use it and they may not respond to you at all. Who are you? You're weird. Why did you do that? (laughs) Like, are you, do you want money? Like maybe that's their response, but there will be one out of those 10, at least that would be like, holy crap. No one's ever approached us like that. That makes a lot of sense. And if you want to give this a try, let's do it. That's all it takes. Yeah. So that's exactly how I would approach it. Um, And I think it might be even easier in some ways because I know, well, like, am I wrong in thinking there's this kind of push pull where it's like, if they've tried Amazon before, but if they failed at it, they're kind of tainted from that. And it's hard to get them to want to try again. Yes. But then if they're not on Amazon, they've never tried it. It's because they are for some reason not wanting to be on Amazon. So it's kind of hard to get them on Amazon. Yes. Yes. So either way, it's hard. Yeah. But I think it's easier for you to come to them with, here's the way it should look. And that might get their mind. Um, back to, oh, wow, maybe I didn't do it right. Or maybe sure. the people that tried to do it in the past were, let me down or you know, what good. have you. That's good. What would you do for the person who has a private label product like you used to have with your pet supplement company and you're trying to get it out there? You already have it on Amazon, but you want to expand it onto Shopify. You want to get it beyond Amazon because the fees on Amazon are more than you want to pay. But Amazon's great because all the eyeballs are there. But uh, what are some strategies like for in, getting in front of Instagram influencers and, you know, just people, YouTube, YouTube, we already mentioned the YouTube example. You know, if you had a, a, a product, what would you do for an in, for Instagram influencer? Because my wife is always on Instagram looking at uh, these ladies that are modeling clothes and they get a tiny little percentage from Target and Amazon and Walmart for when somebody buys that stuff. But <laughs> I have a product that I think is perfect for this person. What's that strategy look like? Awesome question. So let me first start with why. Why should we do this? So private label friends and guys and gals, 
I did this really wrong. So in case you're not overly familiar, which you guys probably are, e-commerce, the part of e-commerce that people don't tell you, um, except Ryan or the few that you know are very honest, um, is that an e-commerce business doesn't really make money until it stops growing. Okay. Because why? Well, the first time you sell out of 500 units and then you're thinking, wow, that's amazing. I sold 500 units this month. Well, what do you have to do next month? You have to send a thousand units. Right. And what do you have to do after you sell that out? 5,000. So you're yeah. reinvesting back in. And then not even, yeah. not only that, if you're like Dana and you can't control yourself um, and you have a supplement line and you have all <laughs> these ideas for more supplements, you end up yeah. going from, you know, four supplements when you launched to 26 in your SKU list. Um, and then it really doesn't make money. <laughs> um, so here's the point of me saying that. Why should you get off, diversify off of Amazon if that's your main source of sales? Well, knowing having exited my e-commerce Amazon company, I now know that your business will be worth three to four times as much when you go to sell it. That's when the real payday is made, by the way, yeah. um, at least in my eyes. When you go to sell it, it'll be worth time three to four times as much, which is a big deal and a lot of money. If you can get at least 30% of your total sales off of Amazon. Okay. So 70% on Amazon, 30% off. If you can do that, you will, your company will be worth probably three times as much when you go wow. to sell. That's why this is really important. Cause I know it sounds like, Oh, cool. But like I could spend the same amount of time and just make that on Amazon. Yes, you could, but you're not going to three X along the way. Okay. So as far as Instagram um, influencers, I have so much experience doing this. I helped a company <laughs> called lady boss. Um, great yeah. friends of mine, Brandon, Kalen, Poulin. Um, they did 34 or 36 million last year, which is amazing. I, I met them when they were making no money um, wow. a couple of years ago. And uh, so I helped them build up a um, their own partnership program. And they did this. Most of their partners are uh, Instagram influencers. And so we tried a bunch of things. A lot of them did not work. And they uh -huh. crash and burned. But we've what we found that did work really, really well is you approach them and you always speak their language. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that we do wrong um, as marketers, if you're a marketer or in marketing, is we try to speak our language to them and it doesn't make sense. So we don't want to approach the influencer, uh, Instagram influencer, and say, Hey, I want you to promote my product and be an affiliate and then get this commission from it. They're gonna be like, What? Most of them. Yeah. Um, some of them will understand that, but most of them won't. So instead, you're going to want to say, hey, how much for an Instagram shout out or how much for a sponsored post or, hey, do you have a price list for your sponsorship opportunities? So you want to come to them as a sponsor. Yeah, that is the language they speak. They understand that products, companies that make products sponsor influencers that make content. Yeah. Right. So you come at them as, Hey, I'm a sponsor. I'd like to know um, what different sponsorship opportunities you have. They will receptively respond to you with a price list. Most likely it's this for a sponsored post, this for this and this, for this, um, and then whatever's within your budget and makes sense to do um, what we did with lady boss. Um, and they still do, which is amazing. It works really well is we start out small. Maybe it's 20 bucks for a shout out. Uh -huh. Okay. We track that. So we send that to, you know, obviously whatever um, we're using to track that. And then if we get an ROI in the 20 bucks or hundred bucks, whatever it is, uh -huh. then we're going to go back to them and we're going to say, Hey, this was awesome. Let's do it again. Or eventually you're going to say, Hey, can I have 10 minutes with you to chat about, you know, kind of 
have it building a deeper relationship with you and doing more, they will do it. And what you, um, what works really well for lady boss and others I've seen in e-com is now you come to them and you present, Hey, this is how much, uh, we spent with you. This is what we got in terms of revenue. We'd like to have a more formal relationship with you and turn you instead of a, um, instead of, you know, a sponsor, uh, we'd love to partner with you. We would give you a commission on every single, um, sale that you generate for us. And what's cool about that for the influencer is they get more stable income because now they're getting paid all the time, especially the more they put promote you, the more they get paid, obviously. Um, and they don't have to keep going off the, after these one-off, um, things, and they are kind of more credible because now they're not promoting 700 different things. Right. Right. So um, it's really a win-win for everybody. And that's yes. the big thing I've discovered lately is trying to find the win-win win uh-huh. for everyone. So it's a win for you because you've now yeah. got them promoting um, as an affiliate, yes. which is no risk. It's free money. Yeah. It's a win for them because they get more stable income and they don't have to go chasing around different sponsor opportunities. Mm-hmm. And it's a win for their audience because they're getting access to um, a discounted item that's good quality and that will actually awesome. help them. And that's relevant to what they're you know watching and who they're following. I love that. So start with a simple $20 shout out to test out the audience, test out and see if it, this influencer is going to work for you. Then go deeper after that, rather than going deep at the beginning. That's awesome. Exactly. What's your strategy? What did you tell them to do as far as like, you know, they're the Kim Kardashians of the world have millions of followers and that's going to be really expensive. Where, where do you see as the sweet spot as far as number of followers the person has that you would target for something like that? And um, little off topic. So by the way, if you want to watch, um, if you've got two hours to burn, watch a really interesting actual real life, like example of doing this really, really well but then not following through at all is um, <laughs> the documentary fire fest um, on Netflix have to watch it. So long story okay. short, it's, it's the like most heavily marketed and promoted uh, live music event ever. And um, they got, uh, they got um, Kylie Jenner to promote it for a $200,000 shout out on Instagram, like uh-huh. all this crazy stuff, like yeah. at the level we're talking about, like, wow, that's insane. Yeah. Um, and so I won't spoil it, but watch that. It's really interesting. Okay. Um, and then uh, back to your question. So if we can't afford the Kim K's of the world, where, uh-huh. where should we land? I like to look at Dream on Heart as A, B, and C level. Yeah. So A would be the Kylie Jenner's. If you don't have $2,000, $200,000 to experiment on a shout out, Let's not go after them. Okay. But then we have B level, which are going to be a a great payday, but a lot more accessible than them. So they may be a thousand dollars for a shout out or something more reasonable. Uh um, But we can't, you know, we're not gonna be able to pay 200 of them. (laughs) Right. Right. So that would be your B level. So they're more accessible, lower payday than the A level, but more accessible and faster to be able to access. Then you have the C level. So the C level is really, so if you look at it this way, A level is a grand slam. B level is a, a triple or a home run. Mm-hmm. C level is a single or a double. Yeah. Okay. So you win the game off of the C level singles and doubles. Yes. So C level is somebody that might not even have um, a, any sponsors. They just have a nice, you know, 10, 15,000 um, uh, followers that they just make cool videos for yeah. that are in your niche. And they would be really receptive to the yeah. idea of having a sponsor come in yeah. and maybe pay them or even better. Check this out. Um, private label people, what's better than paying them for a shout out? 
Give them free product, right? Yes. (laughs) Give them free stuff. How many of you back in the day when you were 15 and doing what you were doing, how many of you would freaking probably jumped off a bridge for free makeup or (laughs) for, right. Or free energy drinks, right? Like I would have. So that's an amazing strategy as well. Get 20, 30, 40 C-level influencers pretty soon. Do the math. That's 20 times 10,000. Now you already have, right? Like that's a, Mm -hmm. that's a easy way to add up to all of the, um, you know, what a single B influencer would be. And it's a whole lot faster and easier to do it that way. And it's probably cheaper too. So live and die on the C's. So if uh, people ask me a lot, like what percentage should I have of each? I would say 10% A's, uh, 20% B's and 70% C's. That's good. You'll be doing pretty well. That's awesome. Wow. Great stuff. All right. Tell me about your, tell me about your software and we'll wrap it up unless there's anything else you want to share that's on your heart. But obviously I want to get into how to do this strategy. You're, you're following a bunch of different people. If you literally have a dream 100, that's a hundred people that you're trying to engage with, follow their posts, comment on their posts. It's a lot to do to go like, okay, now I'm going to go over to Dana Derrick's Facebook profile. Always talking about liver today, which we were just the other day talking about organ <laughs> yeah. meat. And so like, I got to comment over here. Oh, next is this guy that's coming over here just a lot to do. And it's, it's very, very, very time consuming. You have a software that kind of aggregates all of that into one. Yes. So, um, essentially I dream 100 the old fashioned way for many years. I've seen it firsthand. People use spreadsheets. I did myself. It's so diff or they just kind of try and remember. And it's so difficult to do that. Um, there's no like CRM designed to dream 100. Um, because ultimately these people didn't buy stuff from us. Like that's not what a CRM is for. So we built our own, um, based on what we needed and I love it and I use it every day. Um, and so basically the dream 100 software, what it does is it organizes your dream 100. So you can add all hundred, all 20, all 150, however many you have, you can add them into the software, save their contact info. Once you, you know, you find it, um, and they're just in there and, and, and they're, organized. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, it will actually um, link up with their social media accounts. So with their Facebook, their Instagram, their YouTube, their LinkedIn, their et cetera. And it will actually provide a live feed of their posts. So when they post on Instagram, when they post a new YouTube video, when they post on Facebook, et cetera, it shows up in your dream one heart software under their profile. So you can easily keep track of all that stuff. So what you used to have to do was like type their name in on so you have to open up the social media account, yep. type their name in, hit enter, try to go find them, and then try to find their posts and sift yeah. through it. With the software, in one click, all the posts from all the different yeah. social media platforms are right there. And then even better is um, there's places in the software that make it really easy and streamline the process of actually connecting with them. So once you've warmed them up, engaged with them, et cetera, you can then click one button and you can have scripts saved and click the button, it, it copies the link, you click email them, you click messenger them, you click whatever, however you want to reach to them. And it literally pops open that, um, that type of contact point, and you just paste the script. And in two wow. clicks, you can literally um, reach out to them. So it used to take, man, hours now takes minutes. Um, so we're really excited about it. You kind of have to yes. see it for yourself. But um, we yeah, it makes dream on process so much faster and easier. That's awesome. Guys, there'll be a link to the show note in the show notes on that on to get that because that's it's a game changer for using this strategy. So well, cool. Dana, anything else that you have on your heart that you want to share or any advice or encouragement for entrepreneurs? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, so uh, kind of with the theme of the streams of income, that was kind of uh, something that I took for granted for some years. Um, So I I don't know how deep you get into it, but I can kind of give you my perspective if that's helpful. Sure. Um, If anybody out there finds it helpful. So the first thing, so first of all, um, no matter what you believe, uh, I, all of my financial burden and like, um, stress instantly went away the moment I started tithing routinely. Mm-hmm. It's the yep. craziest, weirdest thing. And the thing that, cause I used to be sporadically do it. I'd go to church and I'd have a 20 on me and yeah. like, here you go. Or like, oh shoot, I didn't bring any money this week. And I'm like, I'll get them next week. Um, and so what my pastor told me that changed it all for me is he's like, you know what? I always tithe. He's like, I've always yeah. tithed. My dad always tithe. Here's why. He said, I'd rather be out there making 90% and be with God on my side than be 100% and on my own. Yes. And I was like, dang, that's a good way to put it. So yes, if, you, if you're not doing that, even if it's, let's say it's not even 10% or whatever the standard is, give something every single week. Yeah. And trust me, your yeah. financial worries will really, really start to go away. And it's weird because I'm sure Ryan, you've been broke in your life. Like I have, uh-huh. of course, but did you ever not eat? No. Nope. Isn't that weird? Right. I've never not eaten either. <laughs> so, um, sometimes we'll have those situations where Amazon will, will find a way to screw you. Um, long-term storage fee, uh, right. a Chinese ripoff seller, your supplier starts selling your product, like, yay, all these things that they don't talk about um, right. when you join the programs. But exactly. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, if you live beneath your means, something I've struggled with, but I'm getting better at that, that really helps because how you show up um, really matters. So streams of income to me is the average millionaire has like six, is it something like that? It's something like that. Yeah, it yeah. is something like that. Yeah. And I, I've come to realize that it's a lot easier to have like one primary one and five secondary, like yes. sort of passive ones than it is to try to have six active ones. Right. Very true. So anyway, that's my two cents. If you can that's find a way awesome. to, I don't care where you put money, but if you can just put money somewhere good, I um, in something you believe in every single week, um, I, I guarantee the universe will take care of you. Amen. Um, Love it. Dana, you're welcome back anytime. Anytime you want to come back and share something, just let me know. I'll have you back on, man. Pleasure. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week.